0: Welcome your Backup Plan Tribe to another awesome series of our podcast today with a very special guest. Do you need a secret weapon? Yeah, I I think we all need one of those secret weapons and our special guest today from Los Angeles, Eva Venari is going to give us those tips of what your secret weapon can do for you in such tragedies and trauma that we experience in life so welcome welcome your backup plan tribe i'm so happy to be here with you guys today um my name is tina ginn uh talking taboo with tina an emergency preparedness coach a best-selling author of in the blink of an eye remember genie yeah that's how fast things happen in life in the blink of an eye just like that things occur that you're just shocked uh, about actually, uh, whether it's happening to you or happening to someone else. Um, I am a financial expert and an app developer of Your Backup Plan app. I'm located here in beautiful Vancouver, BC. So welcome everybody who's new here to our channel and welcome back our subscribers. If you haven't liked or subscribed to our channel yet, please do, I get my hand out. And Oh, likes, share, and subscribe. Oh, come on, hand. Come on. Down here in the bottom is our subscribe button. Make sure you click on that bell so you get notified of our next upcoming podcasts. We focus on real, raw conversations with our listeners uh, about the guest's journey from a life-changing event in their life. Uh, your backup plan puts your app, your stuff in your life, all of that Stuff that you have up in your head and in your drawers and in your filing cabinet and your cabinets, all in one place. So for any unpredictable circumstance, while taking the painful aftermath out of the tragedy. Well, people say, Tina, but what does that mean? One thing you can count on is we are all going to get sick, disabled, injured, lose something, lose everything or die and any of those combinations, unfortunately, because that's why we call it talking taboo with Tina. You know, life happens, they say shit happens. And that's what happens in life. And we need to be better prepared. We used to be better prepared. We used to, you know, roll up our special documents up in a brown paper bag and roll it tight and stick it in the rafters and the little house in the prairie and or stick it in the basement, in the, in the ceiling. And we used to tell our family and, and our close friends where those documents were. But today we do nothing of that sort. We It's all a big secret, it's all digital, and uh, it's one big mess because if you want to go to Aunt Sally's house who just passed away, um, where do you find anything where do you know where her bank accounts are where do you know where her will is how do you know if she made funeral arrangements or not even if she said she did make funeral arrangements where are they and where's the paperwork and so all of these kinds of things that would help us whether we're alive uh living or in icu Or in rehab or in uh, we've had a disability or sickness or if we're passing we need to know this information we need to know that our loved ones are looked after and that's what I'm here to help you guide you through be an assistant to help you know what to do what to get prepared for what to put together for yourself and feel good that from year to year that you can just update it and that it's there for your loved ones when it's needed. So be prepared for the unexpected because it won't happen to me. I'm sorry to say it will. And you're not Superman and we live complicated lives. We live in different parts of the world sometimes and we need to have a better plan in place. Mike Tyson always says, Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face, and that's so very true. Um, we have a program coming out called the Emerging Blueprint Program. I'm so very excited to get it launched. It will be your own DIY plan. You can go through the modules, learn how to get your stuff put together, learn to know what, it is, what you need to put together. That's the most important part. Uh, things that you didn't think that you would need, things that you wouldn't think that you would need, even if you were in a rehab program, so that your family or friends can help you uh, with your bills that you need to pay during this moment in time or um, help you with your house or help you with your pets or or just help recover. So anyways, uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome program. I'm so very excited to get that launched. Um, if you haven't already hit that subscribe button, um, I'd like to welcome our United States and our Canadian listeners, of course. Uh, you're the top two. Our third biggest podcast listener is Germany. Welcome, welcome. Meine deutsche Freunde sind unserem Podcast willkommen. Wenn Sie Kommentare haben, können Sie gern fragen stellen. Also danke für deine Freundschaft, meine Freunde. So thank you very much, meine German listeners. I'm trying to speak German and Canadian all at the English all at the same time. <laughs> um, if you found us, you found us for a reason because you know we we're not that big yet. We're not out there with uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands subscribers yet. So, if you found us, you know there's a reason why you're here today and I want to welcome welcome, and make sure I'm welcoming you on board. So let's get this party started with our wonderful guest, Eva Venari. I'll bring her on and introduce her. Welcome, welcome, Eva.
1: Hi, Tina. Thanks for having me on.
0: Awesome. So Eva, I, I have a huge introduction for you. So let's get it started. Eva comes to us from beautiful Los Angeles, California, founder and CEO of the Elevate Institute. She's a health practitioner, a certified nutritional counselor, and so many other titles uh, on top of that. Uh, Do you need a secret weapon as our title of our show today? I'm so very excited how trauma and tragedy affects you in your life. It sure, sure does, that's for sure. And I know you're gonna have some great tips for us today of all the things that you've had in your journey in your life. And I'm so excited to hear all about it. Where, you know, where did it start for you, Eva?
1: I think it was a conditioning of life from a very young age, but I had found myself with 30 different diagnosable symptoms that led me to a place of chasing down my health. What is wrong with me? That was where I ended. So it's not really where I started, but <laughs> that yeah. gives you an idea. And, um, over, over time of, and let's start all the way back at, you know, when I was seven and I lost my aunt at the age of seven. So to watch somebody die of cancer is very surreal is one word. Um, effective is another, you don't quite know the ramifications of that until you're older. Uh, so anyways, it, it was, it was a very, interesting and mature maturation that i didn't expect um mm-hmm. but that's where i started at a young age is, and learn, learning about resilience in life and realizing that we all do die like you mentioned in the <laughs> in the yeah. intro we're all going to have that and so it was in my face at a very very young age but i'm a person where i believe you can take tragedy and turn it into a triumph and i didn't know that that was going to be my business model Uh, To help others overcome their own chronic illness. Not until it was my gosh, I think I was 36, and my ex-husband at the time was 12 years my ex. So we had already gone through a death of sorts with a divorce. And anybody who's been through a divorce, and a lot of adults have, they know how traumatic that is. But 12 years later, here we are. Oh, it's um, not hard at all, Eva. (laughs) It's not hard. Well, you know the way. The wave of divorce now is to do it with this conscious decoupling, and we're all supposed to be very mature about it. Um, Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I
0: said? I said, you just get some pot, and you get a big bottle of Jack Daniels, and you go into the garage, and you just sit down with a piece of paper, and you write it out, and it's all good, and it's all done like that. That was my idea.
1: And and you both sign it, and you go off on your merry ways, and yeah, done magically. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) not so. Yeah, my my divorce happened in the late '90s, so this was back when it was most popular to just fight, (laughs) Fight, steal money, uh, try try to diminish the other partner's um, name to their family and to children, and that was you know that was the way it was. So um that was my experience too not willingly that just was what i received so i had let's just say in a nutshell a very abusive partner and 12 years it took 12 years for us to finally to become amicable i wouldn't say friends but let's call it friendly
0: yeah and
1: two weeks before he passed away of a heart attack i was on the phone with him and He was explaining to me after we were getting our daughter settled at his place, so we lived in two different states and we had moved our older daughter to go live with him. And so here we are on the phone, settling matters of of finality with her, and he starts to complain to me about his health issues, which had always been pretty severe and significant when we were married, which was part of the reason I left. It's like he was very addicted to prescription medications that weren't helping him. And so I said, this isn't looking good long-term. I think we need to find another plan. So for me, my plan was to become a holistic health practitioner for myself. I wanted I wanted to learn how to heal those 30 different symptoms and diagnoses I mentioned earlier. So by this time, I'm 36 years old, two weeks before he passes, culmination of I'm now a practitioner, he's complaining to me and I said, hey, I have this process that I'm now certified in mineral balancing, why don't you let me help you? And he laughed at me and he said, no, no, no. My doctors have me. I'm fine. I'm on medication. Yeah, he was on medication. Yeah. He was on 17 medications, but I didn't know that at the time. So two weeks later, I'm now receiving a phone call from our daughter who is trying to tell me desperately that dad just passed away.
0: Oh, so this,
1: yeah, this was a very Sudden death, no one anticipated. I obviously would not, and he would not have moved our older daughter to go live with him if this was, you know, going to be the case. Yeah. So that was a bit of a shock, but I also felt the tapping on the shoulder from Spirit. It's now time for you to open your doors for business and not do practitionership for yourself, but for others, because there's no reason for a person at the age of 45 to die of a heart attack if no. they know that. Right, that's just insane. It's absurd. And when I, the more research that I did, you now he lived in Vegas, I was in, as I am now in Los Angeles. And so our, my, our younger daughter and I, we, we went to his place and started to go through everything. And we realized how down the rabbit hole of not really being an advocate for himself was the case. And it just became more and more and more apparent. So he died in July of 2011 i opened my doors for practice officially september 1st 2011 so that was me trying to take and make sense of the tragedy but this is really interesting i, I don't get to share this part of the story very often we um, while we're filling getting through all of the, the paperwork and you know all the things that you mentioned he didn't have a will of course <laughs> didn't have a living trust didn't have anything i had all of his personal information in my head which from before from before. It was amazing how much of it, I remembered top of mind. And I was on the phone with Social Security, and they were very helpful in just prompting me. Oh, do you have a Social Security number? Yep. You have where he, where he was born? Yep. Do you, do you have his birth certificate? Happened to have a copy of that. Oh. So, <laughs> so I had, and, and they went down the line. There was a ton of questions. If you've ever had to be on that call, with social security to help close out the file of a loved one you know all the details that you have to remember i didn't have to look up one it's all right there but what i didn't know was the social media i didn't know his bank account information i didn't know and they don't ask for that you know but these are things yeah that are really great. But you still need it yeah. you still need it at some point to close things down so the, or L- to L- find L- lost L- money somewhere that you didn't know that he had accounts. Yeah. Cause he, 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 um, in a, on a very personal level, he did not pay child support. So the entire 12 years we were um, divorced, he didn't pay, um, willingly. Okay. <laughs> so that was, that was his story. He, he made that decision and, um, that's okay. Cause I, I did all right. So Um, It was a process of cleaning out his home, uh, finding things that I could recover some of that child support with and then turning on the care or I should say the Social Security disability payments that my girls and I received as a result of his death, which are all very helpful. Um, But it's like none of that would have occurred and I wouldn't have had that support had I not taken the initiative to go and take care of his belongings so sometimes it's leaning into a tragedy rather than trying to avoid it i think there's a lot of that back and forth do i do i go somebody else take care of it because his mother lived in town and i could have let her take care of all of that yeah but But then what if
0: uh if he had had a girlfriend that would have become a little difficult
1: well he he did have somebody that was so subdued in his life that it was not um, they weren't married. so he he had re- he had remarried before and then divorced within a year so that they sh- they, there was no rights to girlfriend. In fact the mother didn't have any legal rights either to his belongings. So I being the sole Next. parent to the minor children, yeah the minor children were the and the recipients of his inheritance if there was one. So I was then in charge of the entire estate, if you want to call it an estate. It was his right. basically.
0: But yeah. what I mean is that if there had been someone involved in a girlfriend situation, it would have made it difficult, that's for sure, of of possibly fighting and arguing and
1: well all this that is complicateness. Where my boundaries come into play and I because I have had the same problem with his mother. And it became a too bad. Right. For you because I'm doing this <laughs> and and I really don't care what your opinion is and it's none of my business. So that's, that's how I handled it. And it may sound very harsh, but I didn't put myself under the pressure of needing to please others right. in order to take care of this business because I was the steward for my children. And that was the most important thing. And I think having those very secure boundaries around, um, let's just leave it there. Having those very secure boundaries helped me to not get into the drama of other people's poor boundaries. And it's like, we're not here. There's nothing to fight about here. Yeah. These are his belongings. He owes me child support, child support. If you want to go ahead and sue me, uh, you lose because child support actually trumps every other debt, period, period. Children. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I I made my point once and that's all I had to say and it was done. <laughs> so good, good. <laughs> that's one thing. It's like I think being educated around what your rights are, even if you don't know them immediately, knowing how to find answers now. Um Google is your best friend or any search engine that you love because some people are conspiracy theory against how big Google is, whatever. But if you, whatever you, you know, way to find your resources, know what they are so that you don't have so much of this. Oh, well, I'm not sure within yourself as soon as right. you know. Yeah. What, what your place is and then everybody it, else. Well, it
0: gives you strength. I, yeah. that's what I'm about. all about is giving women empowerment to, to know what, what to do next and, and feel and understand how it works. And that's part of our Facebook VIP group, actually. So people that can join the VIP group can ask those questions when they have those issues that come up and someone is going to answer it. Someone that's already had that situation or myself or our, our team will answer those questions for you. So, yeah, so that's crazy, you know, to think, you know, for that long of time after um, and you have an ex and you're going through all of his stuff.
1: Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, the biggest surprise was finding all of the medications. So, you know, those hallway closets that are six feet long and you've got the, the double doors up top and the shelves, right? All of those shelves, uh, from from the top up, those were all filled with prescription medications, and devices that his doctor had prescribed him. I filled two large garbage bags and had the police come and get them because I wasn't, I wasn't um, prepared for. What do I do with this? So I just I called the non-emergency line. They I'd been in contact with them for various other reasons while during this process, and I I said, hey, can you help me with these prescription medications? I need. Assistance with disposal, and they made it really easy. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: And so heard- what? So you also have this a seriousness of with the
1: kids of having the emotional part. And- uh, to, to a degree. Yeah, they were um, just as, as two separate situations, be- two different countries almost, because the older one was had been moved, and just lost her father. So two weeks after moving her in, she lost her dad. That's yeah. insane. Once you get over the shock of that, then that question is, well, now what do I move her back home? And I had a conversation with the, would be the sister-in-law who also lived there in Vegas. And she offered, she says, you know, I've got an extra room. I have kids they're the same age. She, you know, she can come and stay with us. And that was really a godsend because I wasn't Any more prepared? I had changed my living situation to accommodate the move as well, and it worked out really. It it was it was the best way I can say it is all of the factors that came into play from at, at life, just just in preparation for life, all the way through to these moments. It was like a hand of you know spirit had come and arranged everything behind the scenes, and I just showed up and watched it get rearranged for me on my benefit and in awe. I could not have planned all of this myself in the midst of tragedy. I could have laid down and said, I'm not going to deal with this, but instead I met it, you know, greeted it. Not that I welcomed it. It was more like, all right, what do I need to do? And in that process, there wasn't resistance. There wasn't hatred. There wasn't, it was just matter of fact, let's get it done. And I saw the purpose of a life who that I had led for myself become much more, much more clear, much more focused. And that's Mm -hmm. when the Institute became very clear to me.
0: Oh, cool. Um, So tell us more about what you created from that then.
1: Yeah. The process of mineral balancing as becoming a practitioner, that was my very first certification in the health industry. And that helped me overcome my symptoms of chronic fatigue, anxiety, insomnia, depression, fibromyalgia, itchy skin, heart palpitation, short-term memory loss. I could go on and on. Arthritis, uh, hypothyroidism, all the things that do not necessarily show up on an x-ray and all of the things that don't put you in a wheelchair or in a cast. So other people Mm -hmm. don't believe you oftentimes when you have this. And so it makes you kind of not trust your own intuition you think well other people don't think i'm sick even the doctors will say there's nothing wrong with you you're within normal range which means something else entirely Yeah, because it's their range yeah it's it's it's, it's the range according to the masses and every year the range changes and moves and gets lower and lower along with yours so everybody feels poor and doesn't know why because they're all within normal range (laughs) so it's like becoming really aware of These things without needing to be a doctor made me valuable to those who were no longer finding traditional or let's call it a Western medicine care, you know, viable. If, If you have doctors telling you, well, we don't know what's wrong with you, then who do you turn to? And I became that person that people were turning to because they saw that I was my biggest billboard of I have found a way to not just get halfway through. So some sort of program that made me feel like I could now manage my symptoms. It was, right. I no longer had them. I was like, we think about it, how many different symptoms, diagnoses, or just plain old, we have any of those litany of things that I, I pointed out. And we think, well, I can eat a certain way to help mitigate that. Or yeah. I can go to bed and sleep longer. Or I take a nap in the middle of the day or avoid all gluten, or I stop drink, eating, eating, dairy and I stopped my favorite drink. And I, you know, it's like, what are we giving up in joy in our life in order to manage being sick? And so my question to everybody is that you should answer that. Well, you it's, think yeah, you think those are the culprits, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's not. And it, it's the environment below. It, it's what is allowing for it. Just like the, you know, any, any sort of relationship is what you allow for and the same thing is true within our body. And we talked about that
0: before we started the show yeah. was the traumas that you endured creates this these all of these different issues in your life um whether it, it's a relationship or a job or an ex or a husband <laughs> or spouse. Yeah. Or well, partner. yes.
1: So all, all of those different um, experiences from an interesting childhood mix of dysfunctional family that just thought they were perfect to <laughs> to uh, deaths in the family, to um, dealing with doctors who wanted to downplay what, what I was feeling, dealing with an abusive husband. Before he became an ex, he was an abusive husband. And becoming a certified... Um, advocate for battered women. I mean, you, you learn a lot about personality, about people, about, there's all these little different things, different categories of subject matters where you can learn a little bit, learn a little bit, learn a little bit more. And it's adding to your overall resilience, your understanding of the world gives you wisdom. Like all of these things should be accumulative for you. And so often if we're living in a place of, uh, Fear. Not being, yes yeah right i was going to go the opposite to that was being in gratitude like if we're not living in gratitude and living at a high level function of understanding that this is all done for us for our benefit for growth for i was like you could at some point you're tired of learning yeah. <laughs> you're like i'm done i don't want anything more hard but i don't know how many days
0: i look up and say okay i'm done now <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I, I don't want any more lessons i get it okay <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I get it. A lot.
1: Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. It's it, and it's all it really is all done for us and, and on our behalf and with us because everything is a co-creation. So coming coming to these places of understanding my spiritual place, my spiritual practice, my physical practice. So physically, this was really, really interesting. I loved the evolution of my services as I evolved. So I've always been a spiritualist of some degree, but I've kept that private for a long time. And my physical practice of mineral balancing, I noticed that in myself, not only was I getting rid of physical symptoms, but I was now able to process emotions Got much it. more easily. Yeah, the lanes, oh. of, yeah, the the freeway lanes of the mind and the emotional space opened up. I had more energy. The grief of a my grandmother, so timeline. She died in the early 2000s. And I started this program for myself in December of 2010. So that's seven years or so of living with grief that I could not process. And I felt that as an emotional hard hardness, you know, and it was two to three weeks into taking minerals, really, that was it It was taking minerals based on my hair test. So that's what I did. That's what I've learned to do. And I remember sitting in bed and in my mind's eye, I could see her face wash in front of me and the grief was finally able to process. It took about five minutes. Of course, it takes a lot longer when you're living it and able to process it in real time. It's much longer of a process and you go through all of those steps. But for me, for whatever reason, my body was able to finally process that grief and let it go And I could just say, all right, that's it, it's leaving, I understand what this is. And that was my very first healing. So when I figured out that a lot of my healings needed mineral substance, the body's foundation needed to allow for it. So toxic metals, the toxins in our environment, from EMFs to our cleaning supplies, they were building up all kinds of static in my spiritual life. So being able to process emotions, being able to think clearly. Foggy thinking was a thing with mercury poisoning. Once I got rid of the mercury, guess what? I could have conversations again. (laughs) I could remember words. I could remember why I left my seat and got up to go to the other room.
0: (laughs) What you went to the fridge for.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes yeah and then lo and behold hormones started to run more properly i i healed myself of all of those different maladies that i mentioned and can't use the word cure but that's okay i don't care i'm not tied to that i'm tied to do you feel better yeah yeah absolutely Uh, yeah so that's what i focus on is how can we help you feel better in your body without compromising the integrity of it and that means i don't offer any drugs never have never will And I don't work with any fad diets or trendy supplements. Like people say, oh, I found this great juice from the Amazon. It's going to cure all your woes. No, it won't. (laughs) No, it won't. (laughs) Not permanently. It might give you a trip for a minute, but it's really not going to help it long term. And if we want to preserve ourselves, not just preserve. I think there's a better word for it. I think if we want to thrive and be the best Not just physical person, but show up the best emotionally for emotionally, Mm -hmm. show up the best mentally for our work, show up so that we can allow for our intuition to guide us in life. That's going to take a little bit more. That's more than that's why it's holistic, that's why it's it, it all is encompassing. So, my business went from this very small physical part to healing all of that along the edge to spirituality and it's been quite an amazing journey what kind of
0: feelings came up for you going to his house and having to clean all of this up when he really didn't belong to you anymore Uh, it must have brought back a lot of different feelings and emotions too uh
1: well yes because we've split our furniture (laughs) <laughs> so there was a lot of reminiscing of oh yeah that's where this went and I think when you for me I was in a place of pragmatic let's get this done as opposed to like a job like yeah it was more like a job very yeah. straight and narrow because for me I had already grieved him you know yeah. in the divorce and the divorce was my idea so anytime that the divorce is your own idea it's much easier to get through it yeah I think everybody can, whoever, even if you're, if, if you're on the opposite side and you're, and you're being served papers, you're, you know, it's, it's harder, even if you agreed to it, it's harder, but it was my, my idea. And so going through his house, which was very small, it was, a an apartment that kind of had a bedroom, but not really
0: just
1: mm-hmm. kind of partial like bachelor up. almost, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was tight quarters, uh, for the, the two of them, but it was, um, very interesting to watch how he had managed his personal space and i came to a place of judgment much faster than i did curiosity because uh the question that comes to mind is how could somebody live like this it's what it's what you get used to yes yeah so it was uh this is trash went right away so it was just quick I was all right that's trash oh this is gonna go to storage we'll deal with this later and so I became very systematic about it, uh organized and let's just get out of here because I had to come back to Los Angeles too. So I had a certain amount of time I could spend there and then I had to come back and um luckily I was in between where I needed to actually show up at a physical job. So right. it, was, it was great uh for for me in that stand, in that To stand. take
0: you away from from that.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: What do you think he would say? now if if he could come back and tell you anything i'm sure he would have never thought that his ex would go in and have to clean up his apartment (laughs) and you know like what do you think he'd say like i i just don't understand people sometimes i i know they all know they're going to die at some point but not to have some sort of
1: plan nothing nothing he had no plan at all um Which is interesting because he knew that his health was tenuous. Yeah. So many doctors, so many medications you would think there would be. So maybe it was too expensive. I don't know. I could give him a bunch of reasons why or let's call them excuses because that's what they are. Like if you want to protect your family, if you want to protect your money, you will find a way to do it. This was not the case with him. He did not find a way. Um, I don't know if he felt like he was invincible. The man was a cowboy for a living. He used to ride rodeos, so bulls saddle whatever bronc and, and bareback i guess that's what it was and um I, I guess you just have a certain amount of hubris where you just think ah, i'm indestructible
0: yeah <laughs> yeah but to think your ex is going to come back into your house and clean it up
1: like yeah that blows my mind yeah I, I, and maybe he knew but here's here's the other part to the story that mm, is very interesting for me My experience in mediumship started with his death. So when he died, his spirit connected to my auric field and I could hear him. And once you know the patterns of speech from your partner, you don't mistake them for anybody else's. It wasn't coming from my own head. It wasn't my imagination. It wasn't one of my own spirit guides. It was definitely him. And after receiving a bunch of input, uh, multiple sources to confirm, I finally, I found what's called a psychic surgeon to help me. And so to answer your question, how did he feel? I could actually answer that. He was so excited to be out of his body and relieved of the physical pain. He acknowledged many of the things that uh, he had done wrong, apologized for them. And again, this is in, in the in world. My, Yep, yeah. yeah. So in mediumship, he revealed where he knew he was wrong and he apologized for it. And then, which is that's nice, most of us don't yeah. get that. I'm, yeah. I, I got a rare treat there. But I said, uh, I've divorced you and it's not okay for you to be here in my experience. You need to move on. And that became part of um, a healing journey. So he told me if, and before I was able to move him on. He says, "I'm so excited to be able and available and think clearly now. I can help you raise the girls." And I said, "No, you're no longer here. You're not supposed to be here. That's in violation of universal laws. You need to go." And uh, there was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, um, you know, pulling him over the finish line by his hair, so to speak. He he did not want to do it, but eventually. Eventually that happened. And that was the beginning of my very interesting spiritual life in relationship Mm -hmm. to, we have no clue what's on the other side of the veil. We really don't.
0: No, I I do know though, they do go back and learn a lot of lessons. And I know my sister said that she had a, a really good friend that passed away and he comes back often. Um, and he's very different, totally different person.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's, if I were to guess, because I don't have the science on it, I don't know that anybody does. If I had to guess, there's some sort of, if, if we're in a spiritual sense in life and we're aware of what is called a higher self, there must be some joining of the spirit with this higher self where the wisdom of high, of higher self becomes part of that personality, the, e- the negative ego that everybody realizes is what we live through on the planet. So that's my guess, it's, it's just a hypothesis, but um, that allowed him more real information rather than what he could only see from his body. Like he had access to facts that he, uh, you know, you, I, get, I mentioned earlier, when you're going through a divorce, you sling mud. For him, he did did almost all of the slinging. I was like, this is what's happening. And people were looking at me like I was the nutcase. No, (laughs) he was doing these things. He was saying these things. And he came afterwards with the apology. I realized now I was wrong. You have to get rid of the negative ego in order to admit you're wrong because narcissists can't admit they're wrong. They're perfect. Yes. Him, right? That's the whole point of being a narcissist. You are perfect. So, it took death for him to heal. I hope that that is something that those suffering with those mental dispositions. Yeah. Don't wait for. Don't wait for death. Yeah. Yeah. Make
0: changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard though cuz they don't see it. They're in this own their own world.
1: Well, that's, it's interesting because a lot of my, um, my clients that come to me have some form of a disassociative personality disorder. And they, and I'm not a psychologist. I've just, they, they tell me this is what I've got going on. And in the process of going through healings, I've had a couple of them come to me and say, I realized now that I have been playing this mental game with everybody in my life that I would give only enough to get what I wanted in return from this person. And I always thought this is a firsthand account of somebody who was a proclaimed narcissist making a turn. Yeah. Which they say narcissism cannot be reversed. I beg to differ. So naturally a narcissist would say that again, they're perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, in, this, in this conversation, he said, I realize now that I can have, I can let down the guard and be more vulnerable, but I just assumed that everybody was playing that game in return with me. And, what I, what I've realized, this is his own firsthand account. What I realized is that others became disappointed when they realized this about me. And and that's where I was going wrong in my relationships. But since I've learned to be more vulnerable and allow for this full giving without a sense of sacrifice, I'm like, yeah, that's true love. That is what love is all about. We're not supposed to enter into our marriage relationships with a sense of sacrifice. This no. is, we're not giving up our singleness. We're expanding it. We, we, we don't become one body, you know, despite what church says, we don't become one physical body. We are two individuals who are now married. Whole different thing. So, yeah, yeah if we I think we come at things with a more mature mindset, a more overarching mindset. If we're going to see this from a high level position, then we can come out of it much more, I don't know, in joy, in joy. Yeah. enjoy life, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, tell us more about your information about the program that you were involved in with the um, battered women. Um, oh, this was, yeah, years ago. Yeah, now. that was very interesting in comparison to, you yeah. know, people, I always say, I wish there was more movies and, and shows and things like, because I think women, we think battered or emotional abuse We're not really sure what emotional abuse means um, because we're always questioning ourselves. Well, did I do that? Did I say that wrong? Did I? Like, we're always going back to ourselves instead of looking at the picture. And so we don't realize that we're in this emotional abuse. But so I found that with battered women, in our generation, at least, it, maybe it's better with the younger ones now, but there wasn't much in movies or shows, or they didn't talk about it. They talked about physical hitting, and you'd see that occasionally, but you never saw the other part,
1: yeah.
0: and I wish that it was more out there, so women, because then you could watch the show and say, wow, that's what's happening to me.
1: Well, you you bring up a really good point because while I was going through the mm, support group therapy, if you will, where we all shared what we were experiencing in our relationship, it felt like we were all in the relationship with the same person. Yeah, that's
0: so weird.
1: (laughs) The playbook was the same. So if you have an abusive relationship, it has a definition and that can be, like you mentioned, of course, from hitting you know, any sort of physical to throwing things around a person, to imposing their weight, to making you feel threatened, to threatening you. That's emotional abuse. You have a mental abuse. So there are things that you can be abused by that have nothing to do with being resulting in a bruise. And that's important to remember. And I think a lot of the stories that were told, like Tina Turner, right? So she was yeah I wasn't it? I think so. and her her story was if memory serves, maybe somebody else will correct me, but if memory serves, the story was about her being a victim initially and more sensationalized around the events and less educational around. If you're watching it, not knowing better, you will never know better. But if you watch it and get information that says, look, this is wrong. (laughs) Not because it happened to Tina Turner and she turned her life around for the better. But this is wrong because we should never do this to another human being, period. Right. Then you'll never know better to not do it. Because I think this is a natural progression of maturation. I think everybody, if you think about how children play, they're, they're not so nice to each other. Like every 13-year-old is going to make fun of you for the one thing that you hate the most. On It's just automatic, right? It doesn't make yeah. them an abuser. It just makes them a 13-year-old. So you have to mature through these things. And I think a lot of that, missed we missed that opportunity for a myriad of reasons. We weren't taught yeah. it by our adult, our parents, people in our lives. They didn't know better, so we didn't learn better either.
0: Yeah that's really interesting to see that the women's stories were all
1: very similar. It was
0: like they were married to the same person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it can happen whether you're married or not. And it's funny how difficult it is for a person, women, especially, but men are are in these positions too, where they're being abused by women. It's not all women being abused. Um, We make up so many excuses about reasons why we can't leave this person. Oh, if I leave, then they they say they're going to die or they'll kill themselves. I, I received that threat. If you leave me, I'm, I'm gonna kill myself. I'll call the police and give you the hotline. That was my, <laughs> that's what I did. That's Here. what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and so I, I called the police and I said, he's threatening to kill himself and I, I think maybe you wanna go over and check on him. That was really nice of you to call Mrs. You know, I went by my last name at that time. This is no, uh, my married name rather. No, I'm just doing my part to try to get this divorce done and over with because he wants to try to control me with the thumb over me. And that's not going to happen. That's that's where stubbornness is a tool. That's that's when
0: your Italian bloodline (laughs) comes into a big help there.
1: The red hair is not a giveaway. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or that strong Ukrainian background. That will do the trick, too, I think. Gosh, they're so strong, those women. Um, I love every single one of them. They're just, and the men, they're just showing the world what we all can be better at. That's for sure. Um, what do you think for your kids now? What, you know, how does this affect them? Because we, it was a divorce and it is a death of an ex and it's happening around the world to other people, to our listeners as well.
1: Yeah, even if it's not on purpose. Like I would consider a divorce as something you do on purpose. Uh, death can be associated with car accidents, airplane accidents, war. This, you know, war is always going somewhere in the world, it seems like. But um, I left him because I did not want the pattern to repeat for my children. I did not want them to think that it was okay for him to treat me this way. And therefore, they would then take that pattern and apply it to their own relationships. So the older one was one year old, the younger one was a few months old when I filed for divorce. And he said at the time, we need to stay together for the kids. And I said, no, that's why I'm doing this for the kids. So if, you, if you're staying, it's another reason, it's an excuse. It's it's like, no, you, you, we have to be better once we know better. And that means at all levels, even if you yeah. think you can't. And so when I see them now in their relationships and they have healthier boundaries than I did at that age, they understand things in a different way than I do. I feel like I grew up with them, raising them and learning better and understanding emotional intelligence and how to apply it. It's one thing to know how what you're feeling. Oh, I'm yeah. angry or I'm disappointed or whatever that is. It's quite another to know how to backtrack it and then process it. And that's what yeah. I help people with because a lot of times they only know they're angry and they're like, but I'm entitled to my anger. Great. How long do you want to sit there? Because the longer you stay in anger, the more you're degrading your body. It's a physical symptom that happens inside your body. It breaks it down. So you can choose. Yeah, you can choose which way you want to be. And I discovered that this was part of the process and the girls would watch me go through my own maturation. And I realized I had so many things as a result of divorcing and building a new life for myself. There was, it's like turning around the Titanic, right? So if you live a certain way, it takes a while to get things straightened out. And I had so many things I could be angry about. Yeah. Then I had this thought, literally just came into my head. I don't it's not, I think some people need a, a a mentor. I don't know if I had a guide that was giving me this information, but I just said to myself, "I think I have to choose what to be angry with because this is taking up a lot of physical energy." And then I had the thought that followed it up that said, "If I can choose what things to be angry about, mm-hmm. then I can choose to not be angry at all about it. About anything." It's, it's, you know, it's like, I might have a knee jerk reaction of, oh, wow, that's making me anger angry. Oh, that means that I'm either hurt emotionally or physically or confused. Like these are, these are the things where, where anger comes from. And if we boil it down, that's really all it is. And then if I discover what it is, I can backtrack it and solve it. And then your anger's gone. Now it's in the past. So it, it became a way to make that a tool in my toolbox rather than something to overcome. And that's, I think that's what it's all about is is to have that secret weapon for yourself. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Um, What do you think you'd like to say to the listeners for leaving them today?
1: Yeah. the, the, The biggest thing is to not stop in the moment of despair. There's more. You're just in the bottom of a path, a transition. So wherever you are, there's more to that other side. Keep going. Don't stop. When you feel like it's overwhelming, when it's too difficult, because that's not the end of learning. We're not, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like we talked about before.
1: Please, please give me a break, would you? But isn't it great that the things that you enjoy doing are things that you're masters at? So become a master at moving through tragedy. Because they will not stop. Just like as children age, diapers don't stop, they just change form. You will always have a tragedy of some kind to overcome, whether it's yours or someone around you where you have the opportunity to now be compassionate. And I think it's really important to know where you can be and mastering your own emotional state during that time. It doesn't make you look forward to going through tragedy. It just allows you to feel like you can be more present rather than reactive.
0: Well, and that's what we talk about on the show all the time, especially with someone who's passing or transitioning and to realize that you have to be present to, to not be regretful um, because that will really, you'll suffer so much after with that regret so to be able to be acknowledged to be present and put all the stuff that i'm talking about all the stuff that we have to worry about that comes to us in the moment of of death or sickness or in or a tragedy to allow to be present because you've looked after all that other junk beforehand um you know it's it's true it's very very true um being present allows you to, perhaps, um, when someone's transitioning to, to allow the, to release that anger, perhaps, when you were living with that person, or, you know, might have been a parent or something, and you had disagreements or, but it allows that to dissipate and have a better understanding of each other.
1: Yeah, even even to come to a place of thanking that person for playing the part in your life that they did, no matter how painful it was. That is a goal I think we can all try to To achieve. achieve. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, thank you. That was beautiful. I I really like that. And especially for women in relationships right now listening, um, you have so many programs. Did you want to mention the different ones?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Over time, I've taken, I really did take the handle of um, tragedy to triumph. And so the Reveal Optimal Health Intensive program is for those physical symptoms to get those physical maladies out of the way. I have another program called Essential Love, which we think, you know, if you find yourself dating the same man in a different meat suit, and vice versa for <laughs> anybody. Most, at least, right? most, that's those what friends. you hear.
0: Hey, you're the same guy in a different pair of pants.
1: Look at that. Uh, yeah, th- this is about applying universal law to our love life. And I make it very, very simple. Because if you've ever read any of those books, you know, about universal laws, they can be very um, hard and, and intangible. But I I've, I, have that uh, made easy. So those are the two. And I also offer um, what I call Tea Time Tarot. It's the Elevate Institute tarot readings to help get underneath all of that energetically. And I offer those remote and in person.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. So um, Eva's stuff, all her stuff is down below in the description box um, as well as on our podcast. So don't feel free to reach out and contact her. Um, she'll be a great help to whatever you're going through right now. And believe me, there's so many women and men out there right now going through this. Jeez,
1: it's yeah,
0: can't be avoided unfortunately.
1: No, we're all just here to help each other.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you Eva for coming on our show today. You could talk about this so much all all day long. <laughs> I could just soak it all up. You're so fantastic. Thank um you. so please take a moment and subscribe to our channel. For, don't forget to click on that bell. And hit that subscribe button down there in the corner. Make sure that you are a follower of our channel. Do you need a secret weapon? I think that we've all learned something in the show that you can take. And that's my goal for everybody to learn something, to resonate with something. And and I hope it, it can help you. And I'm sure Eva's there to help you as well. When you are thinking about someone special today watching the show that you haven't spoken to in a while, Mm. please pick up the phone, FaceTime, Zoom, knock on their door, whatever it is. We still have doors that you can go visit. Um, Knock on that door and tell them how much you love and care about them today, because you really don't know what tomorrow might bring. Um, Stay tuned for our podcast and our live streams. I have great conversations with some of the most interesting and accomplished people in the world today, just like Eva. I think we'll be entertained and informed, and I hope it's inspired you and motivated you to take your life to the next level, Um, make a realization in your life, turn it around, uh, reach out to other people, other groups, and, uh, you know, nobody's Superman in this world, so expect the Unexpected. And thank you again to all our listeners. We um, are on all uh, podcast platforms, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook, as well as we have a VIP Facebook group that you can um, join and talk to others in the same situations, talk to others about questions or possible possible uh, solutions to things that you might have experienced or that they have, and you can all share amongst each other. So thank you for coming on our show today, Eva. And, oh, you're you're very welcome. Um, I always end with Carol Burnett, and I know you know who Carol Burnett is. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started, and before you know it, comes a time we have to say so long. So long, everybody. It was such a great show today. I'm so happy to have Eva on today. Be kind and stay safe. Um, Expect the unexpected. Bye.